to another episode of Sales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And Tom Stanfill and I are in, it's not Beautiful. quite paradise. Beautiful Newport. It's paradise to me. It is. I'm traveling, Scott. I got on a plane. I flew and I landed Thank God. And then I'm, I'm, I'm in a hotel yep. and I'm seeing people and they're, I'm waving at them on the street and, and someone like opened the door when I went into the hotel and, and, like and I talked to, to people. people. I talked to people. I saw people. Oh, It's been great. And it's, the New Englanders, they've missed me. This is the first time we've done a live podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, face to face. Yes. In a year, maybe. Is that true? I guess I think it that's is true. true. Yeah. yeah. But we are in beautiful Newport, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to uh, get to the beer in one second. Yeah, Just to beer. tease what we're going to talk about today, you guys might have read our recent blog about Kramer when Kramer was questioning George about moving to California. That created something we call gap questions. Mm. I'm going to leave that hanging out there, Tom. Ooh, what is gap? gap? Oh. Might, it might be an acronym that's, for something. That's one of the best teasers I've ever It heard. might be an acronym for mm-hmm. something. That's I'm not going to tell them yet. Be, might but be. We're going to come back, but first. First. There is something cold, frosty, and refreshing, and it looks like it could be local. <gasps> oh, I Wow, just, there's <laughs> sorry. froth all over my computer. Glad we don't have a studio audience, because they, they, they would have gotten... gotten that would have been a mess. ...beer I mean, all over them. Uh, I didn't open that very gracefully, Scott. No, the, and the I computer's just going to stop working. The computer's going to uh, I'm drinking a poor judgment IPA because Ooh. you know I'm an IPA guy. Love it. I don't know the difference between IPA and APA, but I am an IPA guy. That's uh, the letter I and the letter A. Well, no, that stands for something. Okay. Like gap, India? Like gap questions. I know it's Indian American pale ale, but I don't really, I don't, have, don't? A, I don't have a delicate enough palate. Okay. But this is called poor judgment IPA. Okay. And it's a gray, it's from Gray Sale Brewing in Rhode Island. They are not... A five-minute walk from here, maybe maybe ten. Really, maybe ten. Maybe at we my should pace. check that out later. Yeah, on we tonight. might want to go to see other judgment. people. We could see other people. Mm. Well, I mm. am going to open one of mm. my all. This is very time. good. Very. Is it good? good? Mm. All right. I'm going to go with what have we here? The Whalers APA. Yep, it's the Rise APA. Does it tell me my? Uh... It's dry hopped. That's for sure. I don't see my my alcohol by volume. I probably should have prepared that prior to this. Uh, yeah, there it is. It's a five and a half. Mm. No, you probably uh, get through those. And I've got 20 IBUs to this bad boy. Mm-hmm. So let's get that going. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Making a Maybe mess. Maybe because I dropped the beers on mm. the way over here. Did I? I forgot mm. to mention that. You didn't mention. You did not mention. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So such a great topic. Love this idea. First of all, the Kramer blog has stirred up a lot. Um about his questioning technique. Mm-hmm. And I do know that you've got, um, and we teach this, like mm-hmm. in, in our program, we teach this concept right. of gap questions. It's a little questions. bit more of an advanced skill, but when we teach an advanced program, yeah. we will teach this advanced questioning strategy. I like to call it a strategy versus a technique or a trick or a tip. Well, we don't deal with tips. We don't trick. We don't, there's no trickery at us. It all starts with our mindset. We are other-centered. We're other-centered. And then we're going to move mm-hmm. into this Which is, concept. by the way, why this is so effective is because it helps the customer make the right decision. Mm. Which is our goal. So mm. let's let's set this up. I know you've got an amazing group of three E's that mm. are going to help us set this up. It's very memorable. So whether you're on a jogger right now or you're uh, what's a jogger? I didn't mean jogger. I meant um, a, a treadmill. <laughs> it just didn't come you, out I didn't as know, a treadmill. I, I couldn't help you with that. <laughs> I I just, like, are those pants? Are those pants? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I'm in my joggers. The kids are wearing where they exact... all scrunch down at the ankle. Exactly. Um, so set no. this up with the three. Well, the, the because of the selling environment we're in now, and the you know how difficult it is to sell. Mm. I, I thought about the importance of of why we want to talk about these gap questions because it addresses the three E's, the big challenges we all have right now. The three biggest challenges um, is one engagement. Mm-hmm. How to keep people engaged well, virtually. It gets a lot of monologue, and so how do you kind of create more dialogue, less monologue, and keep people engaged and not checking email? So that's one of the E's. Um, the other one thing I think it's difficult for all sales, whether it's because of the pandemic we're selling virtually, is just expertise. Demonstrating yep. that we are worth following, that we have the expertise to solve their problem, and not just some sales rep who's disseminating information because... Obviously, we're, we're becoming a less, less important yeah. uh, conduit for information. So do, demonstrating we have the expertise, and then also how do we get them to embrace our recommendation? Right. We're, you know, and when, when we're influencing, we're changing beliefs. We're getting people to think differently or move in a different direction. Well, how do we get them to embrace doing something or changing? Because that's not easy. So this questioning strategy skill actually accomplishes all three of those or addresses all three of those barriers just by asking the right types of questions, so, which has been a topic of a, of a couple of our previous podcasts. Exactly. Engagement, expertise, and embrace. Now, you're, mm-hmm. you're not insinuating that we should lead the witness, are you? This is not a, this is not a con well, game you're talking no, about. No, because motive is all, you know, um, motive or manipulation, I should say, is, which is kind of what you're inferring, yeah. is all about motive. Exactly. The reason that we're going to ask these questions, again, is to help the customer make the right decision. Right. So GAP stands for get at the problem. Love that. So think about a simple little phrase, get at the problem. And here's the way that I would describe that. The customer wants to get to a desired destination. That's why they're looking for a solution. That's why they're looking to buy something. It's to help them get to where they want to go. They have a desired destination. So then they've got to have a plan to get there, right? Mm -hmm. So they're trying to solve a problem, and you're part of that solution to get to a desired destination. Well, what I've found is that most customers are not experts in buying. Right. Right. You are experts in your product, but they're not experts in buying. They may have only made this decision or tried to solve this problem one time. I mean, if somebody comes over to my house and says, we're going to fix the problem in your basement or they're going to fix my roof or they're going to fix something in my, I may have never bought that before. Or if I'm buying it, solving a business problem, it may be the first time. So the seller needs to demonstrate that they have the expertise, especially if they want to gain a competitive advantage of helping them get to their destination and thinking through what are what's required to get there. So gap questions are designed to highlight problems that the customer hasn't thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Those unconscious problems that reveal and go, huh, I hadn't thought about that. So so while you're asking those questions, you're also getting them to go, oh, I hadn't thought about that. So you have. So you must know what you're doing or you know have you thought about this like simple example um working with a client who sells who's leasing apartments you think well Mm, you mm -hmm. know that's not very complex yeah but just by simply asking the customers about where they're going to deal how they're going to deal with storage problems right especially if they're moving they're like well i hadn't thought about that so that makes them more aligned with that sales rep more willing to follow them believe them and it also again creates a great dialogue well, and it, it, I mean, if I'm the realtor in that scenario or the, the, the company that's selling the apartment and I am asking those questions now, mm-hmm. they're filling in these blanks that allow me to provide the right solution, right? So, exactly. But why not just come out and tell them what's in their great best? Question. That's that a great maybe, question. Maybe the things that, 
Mr. Customer, you're probably forgetting. Let me just tell you. Why yeah. wouldn't I just do that? Because when you're, t they buy more when you're talk when they're talking than when you're talking, hmm. right? People don't argue with their own data. So if they land on that, right? If you're just providing a, a you know, you're kind of leading them and they're answering the question, they're interested in the conversation. Yeah, they're engaged. And if they land on um, the idea, they're not going to argue with it. Right. But if you tell them what to do, yeah, you're just it, it could work, yeah. right? Here's the five things that you need to be aware of that most people aren't sure. You could do that. But again, if I'm selling virtually and they're checking their email and ask them a question, what are they going to do? Yeah. They're going to answer me. Yeah. They're going to start. They're going to start. Because again, we, we want dialogue, not monologue. Yeah. Right. So people are, when you get them talking, they're just much more interested. Got it. All right. So what I'm taking away from this portion is when you get them talking, when you get them thinking about those deep problems they may be trying to solve that they haven't quite thought of, mm -hmm. they're more likely to believe their own data and more likely to ultimately embrace your recommendation because they've come up with the problem they need to solve. Exactly. You haven't. Yeah, so You're think, not about, planning yeah, think about software. So, so like one of the clients we were working with sells software. And so, yeah, they, they're the, the customer's buying software because they have a specific need. Right. But one of the problems they hadn't thought about was adoption. Yeah. So adoption and getting people to use the software was actually more important than the software itself. So by the rep asking questions about, well, how are you going to drive adoption and how are you going to implement that? All of a sudden, not only open the door to sell more services, but position that rep yeah. as a trusted partner because they're helping them look good in their company and figure out how to solve a problem, not just sell software. It's a good point. I mean, you're making me remember my days back in APC, Tom, when you and I first met mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Which is the first time I came to Newport. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we sold legendary reliability. We sold bulletproofing your network, right? Right. Did APC solve every part of that problem? No, but if we were good, trusted advisors, we were pointing that out. We were right. we were getting customers to sort of admit, with your help, learn to help them uh, resolve the fact that they might actually need a generator, which we didn't sell. Right. But if you wanted 99.999% uptime, you had to think of some things that even APC didn't do. And if we were good, trusted advisors, we would pull that out of them through good questioning, and they would they would come to the right conclusion that they they've got to invest not only in APC but generators and other things too so well and you're you're really you're kind of highlighting what's critical and we're going to get to this i know in asking gap questions is <clears throat> you're thinking about the problem from more of a macro level they're not yes. they're not hey i need to buy a ups so that right. i have un, un what is it uninterruptible power what is it uninterruptible power supply power supply yep, you were getting I, there. Thought. I thought i was it's been a while well it's been 20 years yeah yeah um, that's not what their problem they're solving. Their right. problem is, is they want 100% uptime. Exactly right. Right. So yeah. if you focus on giving them 100% uptime and figuring out what needs to be in place for their data center to make sure that they're always up and running, yeah. and you move beyond what you just you provide, yeah. now you become incredibly valuable. Very, very true. To that, to that buyer, um, so or customer or decision maker. Well, you're back up at a 30,000-foot view solving the problem, not trying to sell your solution, mm -hmm. right? Which is why this isn't manipulative. Right. Or it could be manipulative, depending yeah. on your motive. But if you're like, I'm just trying to make sure they solve their problem, and my role is to help them do that yeah. and provide expertise, then they're going to be drawn to you, and they're going to follow you. Yeah. If it's about how do I trick you into buying something, yeah. they're going to smell that, yeah. and it's not going to work. So... I think we've set it up. We've mm -hmm. talked a little bit about the, the, the concept of gap questions, the get at the problem uh, piece. Unconscious problem, really. The unconscious problem yeah. they're dealing with. Let's talk about, and I love how we do this. We always break it down into steps. We let's, love steps. Steps are great. Let's break down the four main steps 
to solving this problem. So the first one, you know, and we kind of teach this, so, you know, I think it's, it's fair to say we first have to identify the problem that we're going to solve or right. that they are going to want to solve. So how do you do that? Yeah, so that, that this is kind of where we were, right? It seems that seems obvious, but it's right. not. Yeah, it's because we are so we wake up, we think about our products, we think about our solutions, we mm-hmm. think about our company, we go to training, we talk about our products, we go to our meetings. Um, we just default to self, which is there's nothing wrong with that. We default to our world, but when you well, you need to first start by backing up and articulating what problem does the customer have? What problems do I solve? Yeah. Right. So. So, example, if you're selling a CRM system, um, you may think, well, I'm solving the problem of they need a CRM system. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everybody needs a CRM yeah, system. Yeah, they need a more efficient CRM. A yeah. more, or they might need a CRM that's, um, that's easier to use or mm-hmm. more GUI. or yeah, it probably, People probably don't use that term anymore. But it just, it's more simple or it's whatever, whatever feature related. No. They're trying to create they're probably trying to drive more, um, uh, acquire more accounts and put more accounts in the funnel. Yeah. They're trying to grow the funnel. Or maybe they're trying to create velocity with the funnel. Or maybe they're trying to have more accurate forecasts. Right. Because if you talk, work with a public company, accurate forecast is everything because that drives your stock value. So if you're thinking of it that way, you're like, okay, so really you're buying CRM to drive more sales effectiveness. What are other things that you need or what do other companies do that are able to pull that off and software is one of those or crm is one of those right Um, so that's the first thing you need to do is at a macro level think about the people that you serve and what problem do they have don't think about your solution and then what are and we'll get to this next is then we'll talk about what what do we what do they need to do to, to solve that problem well, and you mentioned a word earlier when you're talking about software about adoption. And I remember one of the problems we had with CRM systems back in the day was oh, yeah. if it was super good for a management level, in other words, it was giving us great forecasting information, right. sometimes it was a real pain for the sales rep. Right. And so you would have really inaccurate forecasts because the sales reps just wouldn't put their stuff in because it was painful. Now, if a CRM, if your CRM, if you're selling them, actually makes it part of the the sales reps workflow and is easy for them. The byproduct of an easy to use CRM for the rep is a really good forecast, right? And so when you are into this questioning with your customer and you're solving the whole problem, then you're not just selling them a CRM for right. forecasting. You're selling it as a usable tool for the sales reps too. Exactly. And, and through good questioning, you'll get to that, right? Exactly. So in the, th- this is why, um, or this is where gap questions start because yeah. if you've defined the problem, the questions start to become easy. Easy, but it's really defining. So in the case, the, the example that you just shared, so adoption. Yeah, you know. So the one of the issues is adoption. So the, the, that's a problem. So that's going to ultimately lead to a question. Perfect. All right. So the first part is identify the problem you solve. Mm-hmm. What about this next one? What's required to solve the problem? This is where um, most reps struggle mm-hmm. um, because it's probably be the problem. What's needed to solve the problem is usually beyond what a seller will sell. Yeah. It's beyond their portfolio of solutions. Yep. So this is where you need to put on your consultant hat and become a student of the people that you serve. So think of it this way. If you were a consultant 
and you were going to speak at a conference and you were going to say, here are the five things that you need to do to solve this problem. What would those five things be? Mm -hmm. And if two of them include your solution, great. But what are the other three? I'm making up the number five. Yeah, of course. But think about the problem. So if you're, you, if you're listening to this, you're probably in sales. Think about what you sell. All right. Think of the problem that you that your solution solves. So, so then look, okay, well then for that problem to be solved, what else needs to happen besides your solution? And then become an expert at that. And so, you know, think, you can think of it as best practices. You can think of it as a recipe. You can think of it as a formula. But it's just you want to be able to stand on a platform and say, to solve that problem, here are the five things that need to happen. Or here are the four things. Or here are the eight things. Yeah. And so then you have, you can speak with authority. Because then when you speak with authority and you know what those five things are, people will follow you. Yeah. But yep. when you're like, I don't know, this is what we do. And it does this. And it's, here's the features. And good luck. Right then, you're an outsider, and yeah. they may still buy from you. Yeah, but um, it's not going to lead. It's not going to lead to good questions. You, your questions are going to be more like, "What's your scope? Are you looking for? Yeah. And what's your price range? Yeah. And you know those types of features." Yeah, if you have the best product in the market, if you like sell CRM and you're with Salesforce, like uh, you, you know, some things may not require all these extra steps. You're t yeah. We're talking to people that have to actually <laughs> sell, and I hate to. Yeah, to put the yeah, when you need to influence or sell, uh, change <clears throat> minds, you need to start from the concept of getting those folks to understand the problem they're trying to solve, mm -hmm. and then what you offer that's unique um, for them. So, anything problem, else on this? Yeah, no, I would just say problem. Define the problem. Yep. Then what? What are the best practices? I'll right. Just use that as a simple way. To think. What are the best practices that need to be in place to solve that problem? Yep. So that's one, and that's the first thing you do. Then the second thing is just, is come up with your list. Yeah, and and recognize you don't you don't necessarily do everything on that list. And yeah, that's I would okay. remove yourself from the equation. Yeah. think of yourself as a consultant. If someone was paying you not to sell them anything, but they were paying you to come in and say, "We have this problem. Yeah, we would like to pay you. For we just your want time. you to diagnose. We want you to. We want to pay you for your time to diagnose the problem and tell us what to do. Don't, yeah. you're not we're not going to buy anything from you. We just want you to tell us what to yeah. do." And so the question I would ask is, if they're not going to pay you to do that, then you're probably not ready. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, good. All right. Step three, let's talk about how we circle the elements, the, these best practices you just mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and sort of maybe focus on the things that they might overlook. Yeah. So what's, what I like to do is think about what do they typically miss yep. and what gives me a competitive advantage. Yeah. So in other words, if they, if they have a problem, you know, let's go back to adoption. So yeah. let's say that they typically overlook adoption or like what yeah. we, what, you know, you look at what we sell. We sell transformation of sales organizations. So we don't sell training. The problem they have is they're trying to transform or change the way people sell. They're trying to increase the number. They don't want to buy training. Right. They want to buy change. They want to buy Salesforce transformation. They want to buy uh, increased revenue. Yeah. Well, part of the solution to that problem is the frontline leader. Yeah. Now, they may come to through the door saying, we need to train our sales reps. But actually, tr change happens one-to-one, -one, not in a workshop. So that's a competitive advantage that we have is to develop leaders. So where do I want to start? Yeah. There. I want to start there yeah. because we have a competitive advantage. And that's also something that most people overlook. Yeah. So those two things combined, if you look at the best practices that are usually overlooked mm -hmm. and give you competitive advantage, that's where you start. That doesn't mean, or I should say, circle those. Yeah. It doesn't mean you don't focus on the others. Right. But that's because you always got limited time. 
And so you want to begin with what's really going to get them to lean in. They're going, ooh, that was a good question. Yeah. That's, I hadn't thought about yeah. that one. That's, uh, hmm. Yeah. And so now they're really leaning in. They're, they stop checking email. They're asking. You can see it on their faces when you're making, when you're asking good questions. People go from giving you kind of that standard yeah. sort of, yeah, this is what we tell everybody to. Yeah. They kind of go, well, uh, actually, we haven't. I haven't told a lot of people this, but we really don't know what we're doing. Yes. And yes. Um, we uh, haven't done this before. And I've got this kind of budget, but I don't think it's enough. Or I'm not sure. They just, yeah. the whole, it's like they, they move from the, you know, the, the living room where everybody's welcome. The yeah. visitors go in the living room. They take you to the basement. Yeah. And they go, that's where they tell it. It's where it gets real. Yeah. And so if you start asking good questions, they go, you actually might really be able to help me. And by the way, this is why real decision makers don't meet with sales reps. It's because they don't know what they don't, they can't offer anything of value. Yeah. When you start asking questions, you know the command model, you know what has to happen to get to their desired destination. And you ask, start asking questions and they go, they start learning from the questions you ask. Yeah. Then yeah. all of a sudden people start bringing other people into meetings. Have you ever had as, as the buyer, I mean, we all, we all get calls, right? I get yeah. calls all the time. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen? I mean, I've had that happen where someone just makes you think about a problem yeah. you didn't know you had. And, I can just, re I can recall when I was buying, um, you know, we were outsourcing our creative agency when yeah. I was at, back at Schneider. And I remember one, one guy just, he asked enough questions that I was like, I honestly haven't thought of five of the seven questions you just asked yeah. me. Is that a problem? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, that's good. Like, I mean, cause when you're in those jobs, sometimes you just assume, you know, you're, you're moving from one agency to another and one that makes you think very differently. Yeah, that, becomes that trusted advisor in some ways, right? That reminds me of a blog that I wrote about <laughs> Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, so, I've yet to find I, that one. Yeah, this is an old blog, but um, there was this, when we moved into the house we live in now, we, we had, we had, it came with a pool. Yeah. And it had problems. I mean, it was all kinds of problems. Um, and we couldn't fix the pool because we didn't know what to do. So we kept people kept coming over and would yeah. talk to us about the one thing about what we need to do with the decking or pipes or something. I, I don't I don't need to bore the audience with the details, but they always talked about the thing they did, and I just couldn't figure it out because it was always everybody did their thing. But I, I needed bottom line is I needed to fix my problem, and everybody else was interested in selling their thing. Yeah. And Fabio shows up, and he explains everything to me. He says, you need to do this, 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 and this. And if you got to do this, you got to do this, and this is this, and then you'll fix your problem. I'm like, you're hired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then all of a sudden it's like, I didn't oh, understand any of that, but it I, sounds yeah, real. You, you know yeah. what's going on. Like, he knew what's happening and what needs to happen. And so I just, I just, and by the way, here's the cool thing. You yeah. know when you've made that impact, when you start asking great gap questions, yeah. you'll find the information in the RFP. Yeah. Interesting. Like yeah. I got an RFP the other day that said it's part of our, um, it was part of our meeting that we talked about minimum effective dosage, <laughs> such a very specific phrase. And yeah. the RFP, it said, talk to us about how you can deliver modules with minimum effective dosage. I'm like, that's a good sign. Yeah. I hope it works out. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. All right. So we're through three of the four steps. The mm -hmm. final step is. Where it all comes together. Let's pull it all together. Drum roll, please. That's the drum roll. Develop your questions. <laughs> That's shockingly simple. Yeah, yeah the, the hard part's the first three steps. Really, yeah. the first two steps. Yeah. But you just didn't develop your questions. Develop questions that lead to the gap. Yeah. Um, the hard part are not the questions. And these can be very closed-ended questions. Yeah. 
And some people are, are like if they've studied spin, you know, and this is similar to spin where it's, where it's uh, you know, you talk about asking problems. Mm. And, 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 you know, a lot of people say, well, we've got to ask questions that, that reveal the impact oh, of like solving. High gain questions. High gain questions. High gain questions. I find that to be a little bit manipulative mm-hmm. um, because they know. Yeah. They know if you've asked questions that expose the problem, they know what that means. I don't need to get them to say it. Yeah. And what would that save you? <laughs> and what would it mean for you if your if your network did go down and it went down for five minutes and you didn't have that? What would it be? What would it cost you? And it would cost us millions of dollars. Well, exactly. Therefore, <laughs> this I mean, hundred thousand dollar investment. Yeah, they is know what totally. They, you don't need to get them to say right. it. Right. What What you need them to do is see that they've not thought about certain problems. What are the unconscious problems they haven't thought about? Ask questions to reveal those. So the first step is to define the problem, not, not the need that, that leads to your solution, but what's the macro problem they're trying to solve? What are the best practices to solve that problem? Circle the ones that um, give you a competitive advantage and are usually overlooked. Start with those and then develop your questions. Fabulous. And you now, will make a billion dollars. Uh, one billion. billion. One million. Maybe one million. One million dollars, not a billion. Not a billion. Okay. No, One million dollars. One million. You know, so just I think to, the beer's getting to me. I, I, yeah. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Five and a half percent or whatever mm-hmm. yours is. I didn't even read yours. Um, let's circle back to Kramer. Yeah. Since that's where we started. Yeah. In that that's a great scene, example. That is a pretty good example, isn't it? Like he was asking questions of George about, you know, do you have... <laughs> Do you have any possible reason for getting up in the morning? I think was the last one. And he's like, yeah. I like to get the daily news. You know, <laughs> like he really, after asking four, five, six, seven questions in a row. We probably should just set it up around the, the, the Kramer, George. I think we should give some context. Yeah. So George, Kramer wanted to influence. So he was selling he George on moving to, moving to California. To California, yeah. So that's what Kramer, Kramer was selling the idea to George. You should move to California. And George said, no, yeah. I'm living my life. My life is great. Yes. My life is wonderful. I don't need to go to California. Right. And so Kramer thinks to himself, no, you're wasting your life. You yeah. have no life. That's right. So instead of trying to convince George of telling him that his life is worthless, Worth. because if he did, George would probably defend yeah, why his life is great. He just started asking gap questions. Yeah. So, and he started asking, he said, do you have a job? Yep. Do you no. have money? No. Do you have a woman? No. Do you have a purpose? No. Do you have any reason to get up in the morning? Those were no. five questions. So all five of those problems tell him that his life isn't wonderful. <laughs> it's not as wonderful as you thought it was. So the hard part's not the questions. Yeah. The hard part is defining what are the five things that tell you that your life has no meaning. <laughs> Relationship, yeah, money, yeah, and purpose. Yeah. So he had that list, and so he just asked questions: Do you have a relationship? Do you have purpose? Do you have any reason to getting up in the morning? Do you have any money? Yeah. Um, so so good. And yeah. So a- that was that's that's a great scene. And if some of our younger listeners aren't familiar with Seinfeld, it's a sitcom. <laughs> you must go yeah. YouTube it. I suppose is the <laughs> yeah, best way to probably see that on scene somewhere. Uh, for tell them to reach out to us and we'll 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 show you the scene. It's a good, it's a great it scene. It is such a good scene. Good, good. What a topic. Well, we started with you know the concept of gap questions. We talked about the three uh, biggest challenges sellers face, and it's three E's. It's super easy to remember: engagement, expertise, and embrace. And then we gave you the four steps to uh, to solving the problem that you've set up. 
uh, through the use of gap questions. Tommy, anything else for the group before we turn them loose? No, uh, here, I, I, will, I will give you a little bit of um, advice if this is a new concept to you. Hmm. Um, do, not, do not get overly aggressive in trying these questions in your first, if, yeah. if this is new to you, if you start trying to ask gap questions, it's gonna, it's gonna look like you just came from a training program and you're trying something. Yeah. So I would say just focus on one question you wanna weave into your next meeting. Yeah. Don't try to back people into fi figuring out a problem that they don't, you know, yeah. realizing a problem um, by through questions because it can get a little, you'll get a little um, uncomfortable. It's like trying to learn a new s golf swing or tennis swing or yeah. doing something. The first time you do it, you, it's not going to be fluid. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a little weird. So, because uh, I remember the first time I learned about questioning skills and I tried it I think the customer was like what are you doing <laughs> you just stopped being you Tom and turned yeah, into yeah, some you kind of yeah, robot what are something? you doing and so it was very unnatural and it yeah. wasn't fluid so I would say just weave one question in yeah pick the one thing that you want to ask about and then try that and then try it again yeah and then just and remember that you want monologue not dialogue I mean you want dialogue not monologue right so even if you're not asking gap questions Look for consistent ways while you're in a virtual meeting to draw them into the conversation and ask them questions. Um, and you can even, if you don't want to ask a question, you can even tee it up by saying, a lot of the companies we work with, adoption is a big issue. Yeah, yes. Right, is that a big issue for you? It yes. doesn't have to be, it's not a, it doesn't have yeah. to be the perfectly crafted question. You can just prime the question with, with what the unconscious problem is. So yeah. don't make it a big deal, work on one at a time, and then it'll start to flow naturally. You know, I don't think this is for now because we're, we're, uh, we're close to time, but um, I can see this working in so many other areas just than in sales, like like the coach to rep oh, absolutely. relationship. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. Like how, how you kind of get at the rep's desire. You could use gap questions. As sales leaders, if you're out there thinking, how does this apply to me? That may be a way, and maybe that's another podcast, Tom. Maybe that we'll come a, back and we talk about super a great point, and we actually teach that in our coaching program is you know so you know they're going to learn more when they're talking. Yeah, I mean that's just the that's bottom great... line. So if you can just ask the questions that lead them to their own conclusion, as a leader, you're going to be a much more. Maybe I'll try this at home tonight and just see how that goes. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, and I think the biggest we just got to. <laughs> No, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. We just have to give up control yeah. and help guide them to, to the truth. Yep. Well, this has been a great topic. The beer was wonderful. It is so nice to be back face-to-face -face doing podcasts. Love being in Newport, Rhode Island and drinking Newport beers. I hope we'll Newport see you beers. at a town near you. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we, we, take the, we can take the podcast on the road. Let's take it on the road. Let's take it on the road. Get out there and share this with your friends. Download and subscribe. Ask us some questions. Ask us some questions on LinkedIn. We definitely mm -hmm. want to hear from you. And we will see you in another week on Sales with Aslan, where we put the ale in sales. <laughs>